You're listening to Yantai Kind Of, a podcast to help keep current and former LDI Yantai staff connected. We'll talk about Yantai Kind Of, about kind of important things, and about people we kind of care about. I'm your host, Evan Vars. Welcome to episode two of Yantai Kind Of. In this episode, we get to hear from Jonathan Van Santen about the construction of the Yantai Express. We also hear from Jane Logston, our resident fairy godmother. I'm excited to have Jonathan Van Santen with me today, who was the engineer behind our train construction project. Jonathan, this isn't your first wood project. What other wood projects have you done in the past? Oh, this is definitely the first large project. So it was definitely the biggest thing that that I've ever made in terms of of time and also the amount of wood. (laughs) So, So, but some other things, mostly just like smaller furniture and then, well, we made picnic tables. For a couple of years. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So the picnic tables have been, I think, a great piece for community at our apartments. You also made picnic tables for the school, but you had students do that. True. Yeah, so the picnic tables, we made some for the apartments, and then following semester had some students help after school, which was a totally cool way to get them involved in basic woodworking. I remember uh, a year ago, so last spring, you kind of came to me and, be like, and you were like, hey, what do you what do you think of this? Um, mm. Where did the idea for building a train, where did that come from? Two summers ago, we went with my parents to a campground for a week and a camp area. So they had, a, they had quite an extensive like playground, you know, swings, beach volleyball, all of that. And they also had a wooden... Uh, actually a wooden train play structure. So our kids played on it at the time and Rebecca thought, hey, this would be a very cool thing to build someday. She didn't necessarily say you need to build this in Yentai. So we took some pictures at the time and thought, oh, that would be kind of cool. So then in the, I guess about six or so months between, um, yeah, between that and when we said, hey, let's do this in Yentai, we're just looking on, you know, Pinterest, uh, casting our net on Google to see what kind of plans we could find, and we found some pretty cool ones with the train that we built. Uh, okay, for some of our listeners, I'm they're they're not in Yantai, so they don't actually get to see the scale of this this project. I, I mean, I don't know how how long do you think the, the the whole train is together? Yeah, so the plans for the train. Uh, included seven train cars, and the train cars are about a little more than six feet long, or like two meters. So I think the total the total length of the train is about seventeen meters, almost fifty feet, something like that. And we we didn't necessarily know if we would build all seven, but it just kind of kept going. <laughs> yeah. So we built uh, all seven of the train cars. That's part of the reason why I'm doing the interview now is because you just finished the caboose about over a little over a week ago. But the cool thing about it is that 
when the caboose was finished, someone posted a picture on WeChat and then the response from the community was just this mm. excitement. The train is done. It's finished. Yeah, I mean, the so I guess we started building um, shortly after school let out. So we'd ordered the wood the last month of school last year. So we started throughout the summer. And it was great because we had lots of people coming out to help. And especially the first couple of weeks, the project was just a lot of mass production <laughs> for a lot of things. We didn't really see the train um, taking shape. But once we started seeing it take shape kind of the middle of the summer, uh, that was that was really cool, and we had a lot of people come out to do that. But we did also recognize we probably weren't going to be able to finish all seven of the train cars before the start of school, and the short lockdown towards the end of July mm -hmm. that really hampered our our progress. And then once school started, everyone was just so busy. We left it at I think it was five completed train cars at that time, and that was good enough for a while. But then we needed to to just finish it, so. It was a, a big project, and you got these these plans. Like, mm -hmm. What were some of the difficulties or things you had to overcome doing a project this size in in China? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Um, there were some difficulties, but we were you know well supported, so it was helpful. The the operations department was really helpful, sourcing a lot of the tools that we needed, mm -hmm. and also all of the wood. Most of the challenges were just us not knowing what we were doing sometimes and needing to take time to figure out how to make certain parts of the train. But then because there were seven train cars, we got pretty good at whatever we were doing because we just needed to repeat it, mm -hmm. uh, which, was, which was cool. What were some of the ways as you did this project that you involved the community in, in helping you? Uh, towards the end of last year, I invited all the rising senior guys at our school and I told them that there would be an opportunity to help out over the summer and I'm going to say three or four of them did some of them a little bit more than others and it, that was actually really building traction because they needed to uh, complete a test I can't remember what it was and so uh, the two weeks before the, the COVID lockdowns when we saw the most students come out and I think that would have kept going had we not had uh, the lockdown. So that was too bad. That mm. was definitely something that I wanted to involve um, students in. But man, we got people, you know, we got some teachers to come out and help a lot, and then a lot of kids in the yeah. summer. So uh, there, there was at least two or three days that were pretty much paint parties, and we probably had, you know, a dozen middle school and elementary kids, staff kids from the community uh, paint. It was almost had like a summer camp feel on those days. For me, I really enjoyed and appreciated the time that I had with RJ to just pick up a drill and, and drill screws, like yeah. you know, to do that father-son, kind of help each other in this project. In America, I would maybe not build a train, but we did projects. Yeah. You know, I had these tools in my garage, but not here. And I think it's a cool part of, you know, doing dad-son Sure. building, screwing, cutting, and so mm -hmm. we got to see all of that. It was very enjoyable, very meaningful. And I think that there's probably several dozen people, probably even close to 50 people who helped, you know, in some way, you know, even if it was just for, you know, an hour screwing on some deck boards or moving parts of the train or, 
yeah, so I think that a lot of people got to experience that, which was totally a great part and a great opportunity with the trade. I mean, the scale of the project is not just the size of the train, but also the people that were involved. Mm -hmm. And so, Jonathan, you make my job easier at times, right? You come up with this, like, hey, I'm going to build a train. And how can, I mean, your question is, how can we get other people involved? And you did. You got, like you said, over 50 people at different times. So it's not just Jonathan's train. It It's the community's course, yeah. train, right? Like the whole community mm -hmm. bought into this project. And Well, another reason that so many people were able to be involved is because it took so long. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, but but that was yeah it was great and I'm really happy that so many people could be involved. Are you uh, I mean looking forward? Are you thinking of some some other? You have some other wood projects burning <laughs> in, in the background or <laughs> maybe halfway through the the project we went to visit uh, some of our friends in another apartment complex and they had an enormous pirate ship. I mean probably a project three or four times the size and I thought that would be very cool but. Uh, I think Rebecca, my wife, is pretty uh, pretty insistent that we will not do a project that size. <laughs> well, good. Jonathan, thanks uh, for, for sharing with us and bringing the community together. We do look forward to the other stuff that you got planned for us. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Thank you. So this week, I am honored to have Jane Loxton, who was actually the, the winner of our costume contest this last week at our All Saints Eve celebration. Jane, how long have you been with LDI? This is my 11th year. But this is only your second year in Yantai. Yeah, contract-wise, but I still haven't been on the ground for a full year yet. <laughs> Interesting, a lot of people, they're coming to the end of their second contract, but they haven't been in Yantai for, for two years yet. It's kind of a weird... Getting to be the anniversary of the, when we actually got on the plane and flew over here. Yeah. Before Yantai, where, where were you with the organization? In Qingdao at ISQ. Okay. And then the first year at TIS in Tianjin. Okay, so you went from Tianjin to Qingdao, and then you actually went home for a year. For a year. Okay, and then have come back to Yantai. Yes. And what brought you back after that year? Why did you guys decide to come back? Well, it's it's a faith-based calling back. We watched our friends here in China, and um, the Lord impressed on being to call uh, LDI and see what they need. Mm -hmm. And and of course, when your husband tells you that, and you know they always need teachers, it's yes. like, I know the answer to that. So what you're asking me is, do you want to go back after right. we thought we'd come home for good? Right. And Ooh. sold nine years worth of stuff <laughs> and a year later come back uh, so it's been quite a journey but we came back because God brought us back. Let's talk a little bit more about the night of All Saints Eve. What did you come as? I came as a fairy godmother something I've always wanted to be since I was a child I was fulfilling my unfulfilled childhood dreams. So you always wanted to be a fairy godmother or a ballerina. <laughs> So, well, I mean, I think one of the, the fun things about your costume is you actually dressed up. I didn't expect Jane Logston to come as a fairy godmother. I think when they say young at heart when you're my age, if, if, that, if I can say that, you don't grow up in those areas. You just never grow up, you know? And when you can buy 
such elaborate costumes, so cheap in China. Why not? <laughs> it was just amazing and so much fun. What stood out to you just about the night? I loved that it was organized, the weather was great, and so the games for the kids could be outside with all their costumes on, and, and then just seeing all of our colleagues and staff all dressed up in beautiful costumes, creative costumes, and just everybody was together having fun. I, I remember the first year that we did the All Saints Eve party in Renee Cox, uh, who used to be our second grade teacher at YHIS, this wasn't a part of the New Zealand culture. And she was like, what is this? I remember her just being absolutely appalled that we would give our kids so much candy in a single evening. She was like, what? Like, it, it's unhealthy. I, and, and it totally is. But it is a, a fun, I think, tradition. Was Halloween something that you or your family part, yeah, did, you know, participated in as a family? After I learned the background of Halloween with our kids, we did this, the church substitute. We let them go to friends' houses for the candy because mm. it's all about candy. Right. And then our churches always had a fall harvest party. And so we did that church substitute. Yeah. I remember maybe I was fourth or fifth grade where my mom, you know, she kind of came to this. We're Christians. We're not going to participate in this. And my brother and I being devastated because I just said, it's about the candy. You know, what are we going to get out of this? And so I remember she would take us to the sporting card store and she would buy us a box of football cards. And my brother and I would spend the evening opening football cards. Yeah. Yeah, that was our replacement for celebrating Halloween when, when I was a little bit younger. So much healthier, too. Yeah, way, way healthier. <laughs> Here in, in Yantai, because I know in our community that there are differing opinions of Halloween. And so we, we, we call it All Saints Eve, which is actually what Halloween means. But that name has different connotations to it. But I think one of those interesting questions, and even for our national staff, is how do we redeem or how do we take back traditions or holidays or things in our culture that have been taken over by, you know, concepts and ideas that don't align with our values and, and beliefs? Yeah, it's uh, a tough one. That really, really is. And I think we have to search the scriptures in our own hearts, have our own talk with God and see where where does he want us? Not to be legalistic, but where does our spirit say we should be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite some of your own hesitations with Halloween, you did participate. And felt like it was something beneficial and, and wholesome. Yes. It was a it was a party with costumes and in time. It's fall harvest, there's leaves, there was pumpkins. Um so yeah, it was just great fun. Okay. And winning first place, woohoo! <laughs> Well, thank you, Jane. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to talk with me, and we look forward to your costume next year. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Yantai Kind Of. Yantai Kind Of is now available on Google Cast. Just search for Yantai. This podcast is a work in progress. Please leave comments or feedback on the Yantai Kind of Podbean website or send me an email. Until next time. <laughs>